Before we begin the episode, I would just like to thank our sponsor, Chin Up Goggles, the latest vision restriction sport training aid. They are scientifically proven to help players play heads-up football. Check out their scientific papers and soccer-specific webinar on their website www.chinupgoggles.com and you can find them on their social media at chinupgoggles, which will be linked in the description box below. Welcome to the Sideline Live podcast. Subscribe for more episodes and follow our social media at the Sideline Live. We'd love to hear from you. On episode 26, I'm delighted to be joined by Jill star Saoirse Noonan. On this episode, we had a really interesting chat about her career, her choice to focus on soccer and step away from inter-county football with Cork, her mindset and much, much more. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hi Saoirse, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks a million for having me, Orla. Can you give maybe a bit of background for the listeners who don't know who you are? Yeah, um, so I'm Saoirse Noonan. I um, used to play with Cork City Football Club and known from playing with Cork Ladies GA. And I've just signed with Shelburne um, up in Dublin in the Women's National League. Very good. So we're going to get into all that, but I suppose going back to your roots, why soccer and football? I know you, you played a bit of basketball growing up as well. Yeah, um, look, from a young age, um, basketball had a huge commitment. It was nearly three or four days a week, whereas soccer and football was kind of more two days a week. Mm-hmm. So I kind of said I'd rather play two sports than one. And that's kind of how I fell into camogie or Gaelic football and um, soccer. Um, and I did play a bit of camogie then in the meantime okay. um, when I was doing that as well. So kind of, I suppose that that's where my choices came from. Um suppose I wanted to play more than just one and um, the basketball was very time consuming. So I chose yeah. the two of them and then I was able to do a bit of camogie as well, which is nice. Yeah, you you were you weren't busy then to have an extra camogie as well. Like Jeannie Mac, you didn't didn't yeah. have it easy for yourself growing up. No, I used to love it. Look, um Saturdays there I'd I'd go out in the, in the morning and play Gaelic football, drive to soccer and then you could have a camogie the next day or even yeah. that evening there was a few weeks I'd play three games a day and it was wow. just um fed into us I suppose from a young age and I loved it I thought it was class going from game to game and that's what yeah. you want to be doing exactly yeah when did you start to get involved with the likes of the development squads with soccer and with ladies football about I'd say 12 um so I played with boys the whole way up until under 12s okay. um, and then I went and joined the girls um against my will I suppose in a way because I was so friendly with all the boys but look um these things happen and you have to go do it and um yeah from under 12 I suppose there's development squads at the Cork um women's school soccer league and then you have the Cork GA with Cherry McLaughlin and stuff and he'd be in he'd be in primary schools as well watching kids which is I think is really important because obviously if you have a coach that is involved with the Cork teams you know and he's telling you what to do week in week out use your left leg right leg it's very important you're gonna listen yeah you're gonna yeah, listen yeah, to him yeah, rather yeah, than your teacher like, he could be picking me next week in a camp so if I listen to him I'm gonna be up yeah. there so yeah um from about I'd say 11 12 years of age I was straight in there and how did you balance everything like I know when you're younger you were saying going to the three games a weekend but when it starts to become that sort of development you know people are pulling at you you know you need to be recovered and rested and all this how did you balance all of the the training and the matches yeah I think um being young I don't think um like recovery isn't such um an importance as it is as you grow older Mm-hmm. Um, and I think every child is used to being out and running around 24-7 so 
from growing up, I was always out and about. So I was kind of used to it. My body could take it. Um, and as we obviously went along, there's more commitments and a bigger ask from every team and club. So it was just about um, something, I suppose, over the last one year, I started to realise that I need to focus more on myself. Okay. Um, I was kind of please everyone else and want to to be at everything and be partaking in everything because I'd be afraid in case, oh, this girl would say she's not doing the runs today and she's going to start tomorrow or she's yeah. lazy running, which you know girls aren't saying, but you're always going to have it in the back of your mind. It's not it's not a nice feeling. 100%. Um, so yeah, look, I used to always try try to be involved in every single training session and then I'd come to the weekends and I'd be feeling myself get a bit tired, I suppose, and not performing to my ability. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's really, really um, stood to me, I suppose, in the last year or so. And I feel like that's why I'm starting to make headlines and starting to to get recognised because I've really took it into my myself and put myself first and said, look, if I need to sit out today, I'm sitting out today. And just have yeah. to take, take it on the chin if you're going to suffer from sport and you're going to excel in another thing, you just have to do it. And managers always say to their players, look, if you want to sit out or you need to sit out, do. But do they really mean it? That's a question. Um, but look, you have to just trust them and you have to trust yourself. And I think they need to trust in you as well because at, at the end of the day, it's all about the it's all about the matches at the weekend and that's what we're training for. It's not about who's the best in training. Obviously, you need yeah. to, get good to get onto the team. But like if you're performing in the matches, that's, what's count- that's what counts. 100%. I like the way you said it there, kind of focusing on yourself. It was kind of like you're taking ownership of your body because you're different to maybe let's say like me like if I'm just playing ladies football I can do everything whereas you need to balance in another sport and you've got other things going on so you need to take control of that situation yeah um and I think I actually um Orla Farmer she's a brilliant person to follow on Instagram um, yeah I watch all of her stuff yeah so like playing with her and she's kind of a person that really looks into like life nearly um and grabs it um as it comes to you and you see how far she's progressed like she's she's only literally done college and she's in college for eight years and she always gets <laughs> but like the way she ca- carries herself and stuff and you see this like within the older players that I've been surrounded with how they manage their time their jobs um, and then be able to come out onto the pitch and perform um, is really admirable so yeah look I think that was something that I really struggled with and when you go to a strength and conditioning coach and they're there with one sport they're going to push you and push you and push you for that sport Mm-hmm. and they are doing their job but sometimes they just I suppose kind of forget that yeah. you're doing the exact same with the other sport um so yeah that's something that I think I've really learned in the last in the last couple of um months I suppose mostly that you need to look after yourself because everyone does want a bit of you and everyone wants the best for you but if you yeah. don't look after yourself first they're not going to get anything yeah exactly Kind of going back to your underage, I want to chat a bit about your career with Cork. I think it was All Ireland titles at under 14, 16 and minor. Like that's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, um, I actually don't think I ever lost a competitive game wow. um, with Cork until I hit against Dublin in the All Ireland final, unfortunately, in 2018, yeah. um, which is kind of mad. Um, one of my teams only ever lost in 2015 in, I think it was a Munster final that year. Okay. Um, so my second year under 16 um, and I actually wasn't even playing that game I was at the European finals and that was the only game we ever lost as a team growing up that's mad um, which is crazy and it just I think it just shows the talent that Cork have um, in those um, 99 years and 98 um, mm-hmm. it's huge and it just shows like the potential that's coming true um, you had girls that won the 10 All-Ireland 10 finals um, with Cork and stuff and now you have a big a load of girls just developing and 
um, I suppose, learning how to play with the Cork Senior's name. Exactly. Yeah, it's funny. It's that generation, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, maybe they, they would have watched the 10 All-Ireland. So it's going to be really interesting when that age group comes in and, and comes into their own. Were you ever put under pressure by not really managers but was it ever kind of like would you not just focus on football or would you not just focus on soccer and give all your attention to it growing up yeah um I actually kind of I suppose it's probably the one question I always get asked how do you do both um and I suppose um a manager once said to me that I would be on an Irish team if I I would be on his Irish team if I wasn't playing GA and I think those things kind of stick to you and they kind of question should I be playing both um, and obviously you want to get to the highest level in what you're doing and what you're playing. So for me, um, yeah, when those things get asked, you kind of question yourself. But again, going back to last year, I, I wanted to really prove that you can play at the top level and do both sports. Um, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Both sports were going ahead and I had no other, no other distractions just to go hell for leather and Mm-hmm. um try get to to all Ireland which we did do so unfortunately the results weren't the way but it just shows that I wasn't just I suppose part of the teams I was a big part in both teams and I was starting so yeah, yeah I have got it but look again put yourself first and do what you want to do and I think anything is possible when you put mind to it absolutely I agree with that totally do you think like obviously there's huge crossover with ladies football and soccer but do you think having the two sports kept it fresh mentally because you're not going down you know tunnel vision with football or tunnel vision with Gaelic you get to kind of let's say if you if you have a bad game in soccer you go out and train with football ladies football the next day yeah I think that was actually really important to me um like the day after we lost the cup final um I was out training next morning with the GA team mm-hmm. um playing a 15 v 15 and um like I knew some of the girls obviously they went out and enjoyed their night mm-hmm. but you wake up that next morning and it's just you've you've no training that week. You've you've nothing to look at. You've nothing to to put your focus on. Like you've been, it's nearly a two or three week build up, and everyone's contacting you. There's a huge hype. Um, your adrenaline's going, and it's just such a big deal. And then the next day, you're basically a nobody, and you just have to you wake up in your own house, and you've nothing to do, no place to go, no one cares because you've lost. Yeah, uh, it's a really lonely place. Um, and especially in these times, you can't you can't say, "Come on, girls, we'll all go for lunch today." And like, you can't. You go home by yourself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely having um turning and going to the GA pitch and seeing all the girls the next day, and they were all so focused on on the final. Obviously, um, that was nice to see. And then obviously after that, you go straight into Christmas and you get to spend time with your family that we hadn't seen either. So I suppose the way things fell for me, I didn't um, allow myself fall into that dark hole um, yeah. and be bottled down by it. I just kind of kept trying to see the positives and um, I suppose my mom would run that into us every single day. Um, she sends us quotes every single morning. Oh, um, that's lovely. Of the day. So um, she tries keeping us really positive and I think that's really important Like because you only live once and like I just look back and say, I've, I played in two All-Ireland finals in the space of seven days. Okay, I didn't win. It would have been amazing if we won, yeah. but I, I still was there and I was still part of it in a in a horrible year as such. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm grateful. To, I was grateful to have both teams definitely. Yeah, your the the quote thing from your mom is lovely. What what kind of quotes would she send you? Um, I'll read out today's one there now for you. Yeah, go on. So today's one was: if you have to choose between being kind and being right, choose 
being kind and you'll always be right. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Has this been a regular thing for a while? Um, yeah, yeah, it has. She used to always kind of like tag us and stuff and um, put into our chat. But now it's been like the last, I'd say, couple of months, it's been like a daily thing. Like she'll find a quote and send it in. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, like, like we kind yeah. of laugh about it, but like we all still read it and um, take it yeah. into account every day. So it's nice. Yeah, that is nice. Talking about your underage career, I'm interested to hear you mentioned kind of that Ireland squad there and comments being made. Were you you were involved in the underage Irish team then as well? Yeah, so um, my first um, Irish team that I suppose I got a sniff of was under 16 when I was only 14. Oh, wow. Um, and I remember I was crying. I didn't want to go up. I used hate. I used to be afraid to go up because obviously the Dublin girls, they all knew each other and we're only down in Cork and it was intimidating, yeah. I suppose. Um, and I went up and I, I didn't do too bad. I didn't make the team. And I went, I got called back up and I was between another girl, between me and another girl. And we were called before the session and said, whoever performs better today is going to be on the plane to Scotland next week. So I was like, okay, I'm going to wow. go. Um, Jamie Finn, who I play with now, was captain. And um, obviously like they were big names. Like they'd been involved in the older teams um, the year beforehand and stuff. And um, Amanda McQuillan and stuff. And I remember after the session, the two of them came up to me and was like, you did really well today. And I remember going home being like, dad, they told me I did so good. Like, I think I'm going to make the team. And I didn't. Um, and the other girl made the team. And from that day, it kind of stuck in my head that I'm never going to leave that happen again. Um, and I went and I trialed for the 15s team that same year and got on it. And the next year I was of age of the 16s team, which would be in the team I didn't make. And I actually ended up making the 17s team. Um, which would be better because under 16 with Ireland it's still a development kind of tournament whereas under 17 you're playing European Championships Mm -hmm. so to make a team that's going to a European Championships and then end up going to the European Finals with that team when I'd been knocked off my original age I suppose in a way um, was something that I was so driven to do and when I got told like that I was going to be part of the 17s 17s team when I just left the 15s um, and I was there was only three of us and we were the youngest players obviously um, yeah. I think I was the youngest out of everyone that year. Um, was definitely a big moment for me, and I was like, "This is what I want," and just went from there. Luckily, I love that, and I love the way the setback kind of reaffirmed what you wanted. Is that the is that kind of setback the point where maybe hard work really started to kind of line with your passion for Gaelic football and soccer? Yeah, um, I suppose training with the boys. Um, if you're not as good as them, no one's going to ever really criticize you because they're going to say, she's just a girl anyway. Yeah. Um, and I suppose then when I started to, I suppose, realize that I had talent and that I could make it um, and then get a feel, obviously, for wearing the Irish jersey, going to European finals, getting your name on jerseys, getting all these things. And it was just like, I suppose, like a glimpse of like a celebrity life, I suppose, at that age. Um, and yeah. I was only in, I was only in, um, junior cert at the time and we were we were actually training in Fota in the middle of my pre's and I used to, I was like I'm staying in Fota and I used to train in Fota I used to drive, get collected by my parents and drive up and do my pre and go back down and train there was no focus on the um, pre's at all but I was like this is what I want and from then it was just like I was so driven to just to be in those Irish teams and it was just it was such a great environment and it was always like I have memories for life and I still talk to all the girls and it's just such a great buzz yeah it sounds like a fun environment what was that like kind of maybe a little bit older than that when it started to kind of get not professional but when Cork and and the Irish soccer team started to kind of go down the tougher training routes and all this stuff how did you find that elite levels those elite levels 
Yeah, I suppose um, like when you're MDI, you train twice a day, um, mm. which is a big, it's a big step up. Um, now they've gone back to, with the senior team, they train once a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose when you come away from that 19s team, there's a big, huge gap to bridge to try to get onto mm-hmm. that senior team. And there's hundreds and hundreds of players from Ireland, players living in England um, that want to get in there. So it does, I suppose, it's, it's hard. Like you're not, like when you're going from 17s to 19s, it's only the two years that so you're only fighting a number of players. But when you hit that 19, you're fighting players from the age of 17 to the age of 30, 32, yeah. that want to get into that team. Um, so yeah, look, I think to be fair, I think um, it kind of fell into place as it was because I joined Cork City at 16, which was really young. It was the youngest mm-hmm. you could join at the time. Um, and I kind of just fell into it nearly um, growing up because all the players were much older. There was only yeah. me and Daniel Burke were the only 16 year olds. Everyone else was 24 and mm-hmm. on team nights out and stuff when we were 17 and 18 and we used to go with them. We'd have to be mature like them. We couldn't be a 16 year old yeah. messing. Because you wouldn't, you would have been told go home, um. So yeah, look, I think just everything happened for a reason, and um, we, I grew up really fast, and um, yeah. being involved in those environments, and then you start to realize, um, this is what you want, and that you need to work even harder if you want to get to the top. Do you attribute a lot of your success then playing with age groups that are older than you and learning from those older players? Yeah, definitely. Um, like in the league now, you see the players that have been there. Um, for the last number of years and you see how far they've progressed and how they can read the game and just all these little things um, mm-hmm. you could be the best player but if you're younger and you don't have that experience experience will nearly beat you at times um, yeah yeah definitely learning from those experienced players is definitely something that I enjoy doing and um, in training now marking Pearl and stuff you see little things that she that she has in her game um, that she's learned over the years how to defend against quicker players more technical players um, and just these little things um, and it's always you're always learning so I love that did you find when you made the jump let's say to senior into county and kind of the older like national league squads for soccer what were those little things that you picked up on that it was oh this is this is what it's be this is what it takes to be an elite inter-county or elite soccer player um I suppose just commitment um definitely within the GA. I suppose I was with Cork City from such a young age. I was kind of just like, Instant I knew the role. Kind of, yeah. Um, yeah. And then I suppose when I got called into the senior team, um, you see the girls like Finn, Orla Finn will be there. Mm-hmm. And they were now before training on the pitch shooting points. Um, wow. And you'd never, ever be late. You'd be, if training's at 10 o'clock, like you aim to be there for about half nine. Like no question about it. Like if you come into the dressing room at 10 to 10, to 10 you're late. Yeah. Um, and just these little things, I suppose, um knowing your body going into the physio being extra early if you physio mm-hmm. um giving yourself the extra time and working on yourself again and um, that's a big thing that they do and I suppose being in the right in the right mind frame for training sessions um yeah I suppose that was probably um the biggest step up everything else was just um always the same work hard and I think that's that's nearly everything that all coaches will say work hard will be talent mm-hmm. all day long so um yeah, yeah I, I think we learn it every day. You can never work hard enough, I don't think. I was going to mention your debut with Cork. It was half-time substitute and you come on and score 2-2. And then the following four games, yeah, you scored 4-9. Like, that's pretty... That must have been dreams come true, like. Yeah, um, that was definitely a really exciting year. Um, that match was only... I think it was 
after leaving cert maybe um and I remember if he told us all we could have the two weeks off like focus on leaving cert and I was like no like <laughs> we need fresh air like and he was like no 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 like I've told all leaving certs um year laid off and I was only kind of brought into the team then so I hadn't played any of the league matches whereas the other girls had okay. um so I was like no I'm gonna really just work hard now and stay for the two weeks and train mm-hmm. um and I got I got my my chance at halftime in the the monster final and I suppose coming on um and my first touch was a penalty so I think if I didn't take it people would have been quite a questioning it so I kind of had to take it which yeah. is probably the best thing that ever happened because it settled my nerves it, it allowed me to kind of say right you're you're good enough to be here yeah um, you belong and, here yeah and the rest is history I suppose yeah exactly what's your mindset going into a game is there any like from what it seems like from out here it's just goal like you're just going for goal what's your mindset going into a match and how do you keep focused um I suppose like I just want to be the best like I want to be the best on the pitch um and everyone does and I think if you all have that mindset then as a team collectively you'll get there um and yeah look I, I think you're only as good as your last game so we can talk about all all the games in the past but it's the last game that everyone will look back on and mm-hmm. criticize you for compliment you for um so yeah that's what I kind of do now going forward I kind of say look it's your as good as your last game and people are going to be watching this game. They're not, they don't care about what happened last yeah. year, year before or last week. Like no one remembers them. They'll remember the now and what you're doing now today. So yeah, we train hard enough week in, week out. And I think you owe it yourself nearly to, to go ahead and put in a good performance for your team and for yourself. And do you ever feel pressure to perform from other people, let's say maybe outside the team? Um, A little bit, yeah. Um. But I think I put more pressure on myself than anyone put on me. So okay. um, I probably, um, I'm a step ahead of them. But yeah, there's definitely pressure from people um, expecting you to perform. And if you don't, you're obviously going to be, be upset with yourself. But that comes with the game and um, you learn. You learn to try try put it to the side and park it. And um, that's just sport, I suppose. Yeah, it's a real Irish thing, isn't it? We put so much pressure on ourselves. It's mad, like. Yeah, definitely. Um, but look. I think everyone everyone that loves it wants to wants to go out and play their best and that's why we put pressure on ourselves because we know we know what we're capable of ourselves and yeah. we don't want to let ourselves down and we go we're the ones that go training every week no one else so I think we ourselves in that way do you ever journal after a game or kind of if you're feeling under pressure or just anything do you would you ever kind of make notes or take down all oh, what went well or what didn't go well yeah definitely I am um, I suppose I would set goals definitely at the start of every season, um, year, I suppose, and short-term goals as well, like for the week, just try to be productive. Um, I wouldn't write too much. Um, I suppose I write, I, a weird thing that I do, I write poems when I kind of need to get out okay. what, I, what I'm feeling. Um, like some people just write their thoughts and stuff, but I try to put into a poem and um, some people listen to music and stuff and that's just what I do. Um, and yeah, look, I'd write down little things that I've, think I've done well at times or don't do well um but what I do do is I watch games back with my dad and analyze them um and go through what I did well and what I did what I can do better um instead of saying what I did terrible um but he tells me that anyway enough yeah um yeah but we we'd go through the game the next day um okay and then just park it there and go for the next week yeah that the poem is lovely when did you start doing that Oh, I used to do that for years, since about fifth year, I'd say. Um, 
yeah I always just I don't know how I started doing it. I kind of started doing it actually with my friends as a mess okay. um, with the Cork City girls they was always like you're so good at rhyming and I'd be like yeah whatever like and I'd like I suppose um be messing and write them a poem or something um and we'd have a good old laugh it laugh off it like funny things that they've done or uh, yeah. memories they've made and then I suppose I used to just kind of do it like I suppose um at night time I suppose um as a way to kind of tune out and then yeah and then it just started happening that I was writing about games about things that happened in my life off the pitch yeah um, yeah so it's a, my little private I suppose space and the little thing that I do for myself yeah that's lovely it's it's unique because everyone has their own little ways like I'll do something different you'll do something different someone yeah. who's listening will do something different like that's lovely that's that's really cool to hear I wanted to ask about the 2020 season obviously at the beginning we didn't know this was all coming but when we went into lockdown you started training you started giving uh was it train was it training sessions for kids yeah yeah where did that idea come from um so obviously I was kind of involved in the FEI summer camps and the Cork summer camps that Orla runs um and that's what I was doing my summers so I'd be on the pitch in the mornings till about two o'clock you go home for a nap and then you'd be on the pitch training mm-hmm. um and I suppose having so much free time and not having anywhere to go um or no one to see I kind of was like what am I doing here sitting here every day um I'd go out um three or four days a week and train myself but it wasn't this, it was that's all I was doing and it was coming home again um so I was kind of I suppose like why don't I just go out and give back um I would have loved to train with with a, a player a senior player when I was that age um mm-hmm. yeah look I just put it up on Instagram and Facebook and stuff and started reaching out to people and um Within a week, God, I had 30, 40 kids coming out and then wow. to 60, 70. So it went it went a bit probably beyond what I expected. Um, yeah. And then I just finished it, I suppose. Um, back in August, I did a little camp with everyone that was involved. And it was really it was really nice to see everyone come out and support and everyone seemed to enjoy it. And I definitely enjoyed it. Look, it was you see girls that are training to get on the minor Cork team and then you see girls trying to get onto the Cork City team and um Heidi Mack in there um she was she was out with me nearly twice a week um mm-hmm. and her friend and they were trying to get onto the Cork City team and they were doing sessions with the academy and now they're after signing for 17 so so I suppose in a way it's kind of like and they sent it to me and they were like look she's light and I was delighted for them and it was something that we were every single session that that was our goal um and obviously seeing kids that you trained achieve that is is really nice to, to see yeah, it gives you a bit of a boost as well, seeing their success and you playing yeah, part in definitely. that. Yeah, definitely. That's that's really cool. What advice would you give to the likes of those girls at the sessions if they want to be in the position you are now? I kind of say to them, I wish someone would have told me when I was their age to to be selfish nearly. Um like I would always say, um, when I speak to teams now or younger kids, um, or clubs, that no disrespect to the managers, but they always want you they need all, yeah. uh, all the players they can get um and you have to be selfish and say I'm going to my soccer match today and some managers will turn around and probably be like I need you or you're going to be dropped for the next game but that comes to sport and you have to learn from that I am um, but I would definitely say be selfish and do what you want to do but you can't be selfish and um be lazy and know that yeah. you're good and um, you have to put in the hard work and prove it to them that the next game why why you deserve to be on the pitch. And I think that's something that is really important for players growing up. They need to start realising how good they are and being confident in themselves and then telling, standing up to managers and saying, look, no, I need to look after myself today and I'm going to 
play this match today. It's more important and, and not feel not feel like they let anyone down because they don't. Um, I know loads of the kids that come to me and have come to me put in so much effort and um, they're afraid to let managers down, which is understandable because I was the exact same. It's the last thing you want to do is let someone down. But yeah. I think it's important if you want, if you have a goal, you need to go achieve it. Mm. From our conversation, there seems to be that consistent message of being selfish, but there's also like taking control of what you can control and that's only you like I can only control me I can't control you and that's kind of the yeah. seems to be the message kind of coming through yeah definitely um Jess from Jess from Cork City last year used to always say to us control controllables um and only in the last only from lockdown that's that's what I've learned about myself that I'm not selfish enough and I was probably giving myself to everyone when I didn't have the time to give myself to everyone um yeah. And it probably bit me in the foot a few times. Um, but look, we learn and um that's definitely what I've done over the last number of months now is try to be that extra bit selfish and confident mm-hmm. and believe in myself because if you don't believe in yourself, no one else is gonna believe in you. Um and I fully believe that. Yeah, that's a good message for anyone listening. With the twenty twenty season, obviously there was no crowds. How did you find that without the supporters in the stand? Yeah, look, um, it's obviously the atmosphere is kind of dead a bit. Um, definitely in the finals, it was very hard to kind of, I suppose, get going in a way. Um, I suppose when Pima were bashing the goals and you've no one to kind of encourage you on, you can just hear your managers. That was hard. But um, I think when the game starts, you kind of just ignore it. Um, and yeah, it, it obviously makes a huge difference. Like you love having everyone there and it's such a big day out for everyone. And leaving your house to go to a match, driving your own car was weird. Um, yeah. Not having my family would go to every single game and there'd be 20 or 30 Ireland they'd all be everywhere. And just having that, the no balls, I suppose, around was a bit, it was, but look, we were, everyone was just so happy to be on the pitch. And that was yeah. just, that was just meant so much to all of us. So we couldn't complain really. Yeah. That seemed to be the message from a lot of players last year was they loved, they really enjoyed playing because they didn't think like you probably didn't think in March geez like I'm going to get two seasons here yeah, definitely like that's what I said from the start if someone said in March you're going to be in two All-Ireland finals at the end of the year I would have jumped on it yeah. Um, but yeah every player just enjoyed I think last season was just so enjoyable because we really were privileged Um, unfortunately mm-hmm. obviously not all teams could get out and stuff and we just felt so privileged that we could go out and train mm-hmm. and play matches and be competitive and live our dreams really definitely um, I wanted to talk a little bit about it was sort of like a golden week Cork City and Cork into Ireland finals scored both goals in the semi-final win for Cork City and then the next day you scored a goal to beat Kerry and then were called into the Irish squad like like what was going through your head, your head that week? Um, I suppose like that week I think there was a lot of build up and people saying that I was playing two games and obviously they were huge games um, and mm-hmm. there was a lot of hype about both games and people saying oh will she be fresh or is she going to be able to perform or this and that and these and I kind of use that to my advantage as fire um, and my, my parents always say to me like if you make if someone makes me angry on the pitch I play 10 times better um, and I think that kind of it kind of bugged me in a way because I want to show um, younger people that you can play two sports and you can perform the best and I kind of felt if I went out there and played shocking in both games people are going to say look we told you so um, yeah. so yeah I really kind of look back on that weekend and say I told you so 
yeah. um, showed again that I'm not just a part of the team. I played a good role in both um, in both codes, and I suppose I'm grateful that both managers trusted me to go out um, for both games and and play both games in last match. Um, but that's what it's all about. Look, we're in a pandemic, and like two huge games in the one weekend, um, and then obviously got on the Irish team, and it was just such a proud moment for for me and my family. I think you were trending on Twitter there for a little while as well. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> how do you, you kind of mentioned it there, how do you balance the ups and downs of having this golden week being trending on Twitter to losing both finals? Yeah, um, I suppose I went from that golden week to getting named on the Irish squad and then um, I was left out of the final squad and lose to all Ireland finals. Um and the hype doesn't last long, but the lows last longer than the hype. So um, it is, it's really, it's as a sports person, it's hard to take those moments. Um, mm. And definitely the lows last longer and stay with you longer than, than the hype. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that whole hype was done, done within the Wednesday or Tuesday. And the lows last, they're still with me. And you still think about them. And um, it is upsetting. And obviously as a sports person, you want to be winning and you want to be, at the top of your game um but again this is all part of it and you have to learn from it and I'm definitely learning from it and it I suppose gives you a bit of fire in your belly and you don't want to you don't want to leave it happen again and you can only keep controlling yourself and doing doing what's right for you and I'm definitely trying to trying to push on forward now with myself and focus more on myself um and I think that as you said that has been my message I kind of have realized that I need to focus on myself to get me to where I want. Um, and I can't be worrying about others. Um, and I still do. And I still, obviously, um, I'm definitely a hundred percent for, for shells, but that's why I think I just made the move now to focus on shells and try something new. And people have said, have you done it just to be with a better team or to, to try to get on the Irish team? And that's not it. It's just a fresh start. Um, I could yeah. stay with GA in Cork city for the rest of my life. And I will be the happiest person ever because I loved it. Um, but life's too short and I feel like I need to just go and explore and um, moving up to Dublin now for the summer would be another, I've never lived out of home. So that's another step. Um, and I wouldn't be able to do that if I was playing with Cork City or Cork GA. So all these little things play a role and um, I'm just excited for, for what's ahead. Yeah, exactly. Do you think maybe last year, you kind of mentioned previously, do you think you spread yourself too thin maybe? And that kind of played into your decision as well? Um. I don't know. I suppose I enjoyed it. Um, I think I did well. Um, got the two finals. Um, what more? The, the icy on the cake obviously would have been to been to make an Irish debut or to get into the squad. Um, and mm-hmm. win the two finals. But other than that, um, as a person that's playing two codes, you can't go much further than what I got besides winning. Yeah. Um, but again, look, I'm only part of two teams, and in both tournaments, there's over twenty teams involved. So. I really do count myself lucky to be involved in them and um, it's definitely a moment and something that I'll hold on to for forever. Do you have any regrets looking back on your career so far at all? Um, I don't think so, no. I think I've done everything um, I want to do. Um, yeah. When I was way younger, I set, I set out goals as myself is, was playing the Aviva, playing Co Park um, and make, make the Irish team. Um, and I've been up there with the Irish team. I've played in the Aviva, played in Co Park um, and now I suppose my final thing is to do is just get a cap with Ireland and then hopefully go back and win win an All-Ireland medal with, with the Cork GA team. And I've nearly everything done and I'm only 21. Um, but 
but look, no, I've no, I've definitely have no regrets. Um, but if I did have to have a regret, I suppose it would just be not realizing that I need to focus on myself and not um, try and make everyone else happy. What's that like? Because you had a smile on your face and you're saying, I, I, I did everything that I dreamed of growing up. What, what's that like being able to like nearly tick the box and be like, oh, I did that, did that, and I did that? Yeah, it's it's quite amazing. Um, I suppose I kind of forget that I am 21 because I've been playing with such older players and stuff and growing up, I suppose, a bit faster than than a 21-year-old. Um, and I suppose nearly missing out on those college college life as such. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've had a different college life to others um, and a life that has been unbelievable. Um, like I think I've done things in the last six or seven years that people would dream of doing for a lifetime. Um, yeah. And yeah, look, but I'm I'm a high achiever and I'm really ambitious, I suppose. Um, and I, I don't want to stop here. Like I only want to, I want this to be the start. And over the last year, I've, we've all been probably in the lowest of our lows um, and had, toughest times ever um, and now you see everything opening up and I'm just so excited just to to go do everything and um, I'll definitely definitely aim to achieve all of them and hopefully I'll speak to you then soon and I'll be able to say I have I have made my senior debut or I have one in Crow Park or one of those anyway for sure. Definitely we'll definitely have to repeat the conversation in 10 years time if I was to message you and say oh Serge will you come on <laughs> and we're having the chat what what do you what do you hope to be able to say or where do you see yourself maybe in 10 years can you can you look that far ahead first of all probably I can't even look into tomorrow um but yeah look 10 years time um I'll come back to you and I'll say I, I fully believe myself now um that I'll have an Irish senior cap um and I, I'd love to come back and try try to get back on the core team and um win in All Ireland with them. Um ten years I'd be thirty one. That's that's pushing it now, but who knows? Um yeah. who really knows? And that's what I would love to I would definitely love to come back and say I've I've an All Ireland medal um in soccer and GA and I've yeah Irish senior caps um and maybe even play abroad. Um that would be the icing on the cake really. Definitely, that'd be a nice legacy to leave. In terms of improving now, don't give too much away, but what are you hoping to improve on? And Because I get the sense you're extremely motivated, so you're not done yet. So what are you hoping to improve? Um, I suppose just myself. Um, As I keep going back to, I've, I've worked on myself now for the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I really struggled with was my fitness. Um, I think I'm really good technically and all, but I never was at the top, top of the fitness and I always it was always bothering me because um again going back to oh people are going to say you're not running or you're not doing this and that used to kind of um nearly upset me in a way um because I knew I wasn't the fittest but I knew I was fit and I could do the runs if I needed to. Yeah. Um, so yeah um over the lockdown my dad just pushed all me and my brother and sister so hard and got really fit and um I want to just keep improving on that now and I definitely don't like the running but when you see the rewards on the pitch um it's worth it. So that's definitely a starting point for me and um I think the future is bright definitely and I hope I hope I can can I suppose help Shelburne um do big things this season and that's that's the aim at the moment and that's the focus for for the summer months ahead. What's going through your mind then when you're going through grueling running sessions and you're like I don't want to be here and I could be at home watching Netflix or something? Probably the cake I probably ate. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah look um, when I'm doing the sessions, like, and I'm, I just try to say to myself, look, there's, there's hundreds of players out there, and they're running faster than you right now, and they're, they're fitter than you right now. So, like, if you, if you want to give up, then give up and go home. 
I need another cake. But if you want to try to be the best, um, then you have to you have to keep going. And uh, my dad definitely definitely doesn't leave us stop um, and makes us go till the very end. Um, but yeah. once you're done that session, like there's there's actually no better feeling. There's there's no therapy like it in the world. I don't think after a hard hard session that you've completed, you just feel so accomplished. Um, and I think that's even though it's disgusting thinking about going out doing it, but once it's done, it's like there's no therapy for it. It's just amazing. Yeah, that, that's interesting mindset for some of the younger players. Listen, it's hard not to mention like you you had interest from the UK clubs and you want to go for in soccer, but AFLW is that something maybe down the line? Um, yeah. Look, again, COVID played kind of a role in my decision there. Yeah. Um, and then. Yeah, it's definitely something that um, is amazing. Um, going over visiting was amazing. It's something that I'll definitely look at as well. But look, there's so much options out there for everyone. Um, and I'm only taking it day by day. And I've, I'm focusing on shells right now, as I just said. And um, that's the aim for now. Yeah, sure. You're only 21. There's plenty of time to be going to Australia after Shell, uh, Shelburne. Uh, I'm going to move on to the the sideline sevens, the same seven questions at the end of every podcast. Uh, question one ties in with your mom nicely. What is your favourite quote? Uh, my favourite quote? Um, it's probably create your own reality. Okay, where did that come from? Um, I suppose I used to always kind of say it, um, that I, I'm going to create my own reality. Um, I brought out my own clothing brand and it's all I about meant to, I meant to mention that I have it listed if you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's it's just called Freedom because my name is Saoirse and um, it was something that I kind of looked at doing um, off the pitch, kind of again, I suppose getting something, a hobby that is away from the, the training field. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just said, why not? What's there to lose? Again, life's too short. Yeah, um, yeah and I have a book that I got that says Create Your Own Reality. Um, I have a necklace that says create own reality um, and yeah and I've a wall full of quotes up there that um, definitely have it mentioned in there somewhere um, but yeah look just you are you and you can control you and I, I always go by that and um, the back of my jumpers say create own reality and stuff so yeah that's definitely my favourite Question 2 best sporting event you've been to and we'll start as a player what's been your favourite event to, or match to play? My favourite match to play in? Um, probably, actually, no, not probably, definitely. Um, against England in Turners Cross in 2015 um, and scoring against England to get us into the European finals. I had my whole school there, my whole family there, and it was unbelievable. Yeah, that's what you were dreaming of. Yeah, definitely. What's your favourite then as a fan? Is there any particular standout match? Um, as a fan... Probably going to Crow Park, the All Ireland Finals. There's nothing beat All Ireland Final Day. Yeah. Um, walking down to Crow Park, going to the pub beforehand with everyone. Um, huge crowds of people gathered, and then obviously the buzz. And after then, trying to chase down players, trying to find everyone the next day and stuff. Just class. Yeah, nothing beats it. I'd say. Yeah, nothing. Uh, biggest setback so far in your career. Um, probably my ACL injury. Um. I struggled with that a bit. Um, I was lucky when it happened. It was at the end of the season. So I kind of, okay. I only start of a season. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, I suppose, I was never used to training by myself and stuff and getting such a big injury um, and having to go train by myself, go to the gym every day, got a bit boring, I suppose. Yeah. Um, that was a setback, obviously. Um, but again, I 
in the same way as a setback it was probably such a huge step for me because I learned so much about the gym so much about rehab mm-hmm. um, and other than that probably not getting onto the Irish team and getting getting so close but so far um, but yeah Did you think did you find the ACL injury tougher mentally or physically? Um, Probably a bit mentally um, I found it just draining I suppose like coming around Christmas time and everyone's on their off season and they're allowed I suppose take a couple of weeks off and a couple of days off and I'm here and I have to go to the gym by myself it was like yeah oh my god um yeah. I just wanted a day off and then obviously training by yourself you're pushing yourself obviously but there's gonna be some days that you don't push yourself as hard and you think you are but um I found it hard now to be fair we used training in Rochester Park and I'd see a lot of the court girls even if you'd be down there training um himself so that was kind of nice that you'd see a few faces down there but it was the days that there'd be no one around and um you really are on your own I suppose in a way um yeah but yeah once you get back on the pitch and you have everyone around you supporting you and you're you're running again you just can't wait to get back playing yeah those lonely days are made up when you get back uh, in the team environment kind of on the flip side then a bit more positive what's your biggest achievement on or off the pitch um my biggest achievement off the pitch is probably bring it bring out my own clothing line um and then on the pitch um I suppose probably winning FAI player of the year um, that was a big, a big achievement for me at a young age. Um, so yeah, the two they're of those. kind of the, they're the standout ones for now. Anyway, you're only twenty one still. Yeah. Um, advice to your eighteen year old self. Um, I've said it already. Um, focus on yourself and what you want to achieve. Um, and go chase your dreams. And create your own reality. Yeah. Um, dream dinner guest and why dream dinner guest and why um, you can pick you can pick a few i don't mind god probably michael jordan yeah did you watch uh, the last dance yeah unbelievable class um, yeah probably michael jordan i think just his mindset and stuff and watching him in training um and when my dad read his book my dad was like he kind of reminds me of you like the things i used to do and i used to wear number 23 when i was with when oh. i used to play um yeah. I, I never knew Michael Jordan wore 23 until someone's mom was like you're wearing Michael Jordan's number and I was like what? Oh. I hate wearing 23 until she said that I just hate it okay. like, cause I was down, like obviously everyone wants to be like number one to ten or whatever like in soccer and one yeah. to 58 and I was like oh 23 like and then when she said that like I was like I am the bee's knees like I am I'm, Michael Jordan I, am I used to love it then I used to think I was class going out to the court my my red Jordan's on and yeah, he's definitely a hero. Yeah, hundred percent. What was your biggest takeaway from the last dance? The last dance out of interest? Probably um, his mental drive. Yeah. Um, just the way he was able to just get in the zone and go do things, um, and he just lived such a hectic life and stuff. And even watching the other athletes, like um, the way they deal with things and how how they're so different. Um, and everyone is so different and. I suppose living such a, a big lifestyle um but yeah definitely his mental drive was was incredible you inter- you mentioned the lifestyle there i th- I thought it was mad it, i think with some of the later episodes it was like him having to be cooped up in his hotel room because he couldn't leave because everybody would just swarm around him because everybody knew who he was like that must be i don't even i can't even imagine what that's like yeah like honestly i like you'd nearly feel sorry for me but like i would actually hate yeah. that because I couldn't think of anything worse like not being able to go for a walk without someone yeah. coming up behind you and like 
in a, in a in a way you couldn't have a down day because people would be questioning you and like you have to pretend you're happy all the time and like no one's happy every day does everyone's going to have harder days than the others and I think that that must be really mentally draining for for him yeah definitely um it, last question if your life was a book what chapter would this be called beginning beginning okay so we we definitely have big things to expect now coming forward you're putting pressure on yourself again yeah. no I, I actually I think I try on pressure so so hopefully anyway okay so you do you, you see the results when you put pressure on yourself yeah so look I just want to wish you the best of luck with everything and thanks William for coming on I know you're very busy and uh yeah we'll definitely keep in touch and we'll do this interview again in 10 years time definitely no worries thank you very much Orla massive thank you to Saoirse for joining me today. I thoroughly enjoyed our chat and I just want to wish her the best of luck both on and off the pitch. Her new clothing line, Freedom, will be linked in the description box below. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you did enjoy the episode, be sure to leave a rating and a review. If you are interested in starting up your own podcast, be sure to get in touch with the Primal Productions team over on Instagram at Primal Pro. (laughs) 